Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, are you looking for inspiration? If so, you just found it. The Intentionally Inspirational Podcast exists for the purpose of motivating people with stories, thought-provoking conversations, and through interviews with aspiring entrepreneurs and professionals. What can I say? Positive energy is healthy, addictive, and contagious. So collectively, we can make a significant impact on business and the world. Now for your host, with an endless need for change and comic relief, Jason Wright. What's going on? This is going to be an interesting show for you for a couple of reasons. Uh, For one, we've got an awesome, awesome guest with us today. And actually another great one coming up later this week as well. So this is a big deal week for me. This is kind of the week where I feel like we really get momentum and things start to fly. Uh, It's going to be an interesting show because I just realized today that the affiliate link I've been giving you for Audible was incorrect, which is kind of funny. And during my interview today with my guest, instead of the host, I was kind of falling into the mindset of the student and I was jumbling my words and stuttering and screwing things up. Like the very beginning of the uh, the interview uh, where I introduced the guest, and the guest is Todd McBroom, awesome guy. I talk about the mission statement on his website, and I read that, and the funny part is I, I butchered it and screwed it up. So I later found out it's because I wrote it down wrong. So I'm actually going to share the correct mission statement with you guys now because Todd deserves that, and it's uh, it's kind of funny when you hear how bad I screw it up. So, uh, Todd McBroom is a uh, very inspiring guy. I'll tell you more about him in the interview, but I do want to share with you his mission statement from his website, toddmcbroom.com. So the mission is supposed to read, to inspire people to want to think. I believe that knowledge without application ultimately leads to frustration. And what I said in the interview was, um, I believe that knowledge with application ultimately leads to frustration, which obviously makes no sense. So (laughs) between the affiliate link being screwed up up until this point and me just stammering and stuttering and fumbling all over the place in this interview, you guys will get a bit of comic relief, but the value is so, so, so good. I mean, we've had great guests in the past, and I appreciate every one of them. Um, this show is different. It's very, very, very good. So you're going to really enjoy this and you're going to want to, uh, you know, take your time listening to it and you'll probably want to share it. It's that good. So, um, before we get into that, uh, we got to give thanks to audible. Audible is my affiliate sponsor. You can use my affiliate link, which is intentionally inspirational.com forward slash inspire, not backslash forward slash so that's a little key next to shift with the question mark above it. My wife and I had a discussion of which one that was, and she said, well, they're both backslash. Nobody says forward slash. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That's not going to work. That's like giving somebody the wrong address and saying, ah, two and five are basically the same numbers. It doesn't matter. It, it matters. So intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash inspire is my Audible affiliate link. And by using that, you guys can get a free audiobook download of your choice. There's approximately 180,000 titles, lots of good value. And if you do so, Audible will donate 15 bucks to the show, which is great. So 
Without any more hesitation or talking, let's get into the interview and see what Todd and I had to talk about. Hello, everybody. I've got a very special guest with me today. I've got Todd McBroom. Let me tell you a little bit about Todd. Todd is an author, speaker, and a success coach. Todd has owned five businesses in the areas of construction, industrial equipment, real estate, and even retail. And Todd also has a very long history of success in sales, and he's got about 19 years' experience in public speaking as well. And I want to tell you one thing off his website that I saw before I let him say hi, because it really spoke to me, and I think you guys will love it. But He's got a mission statement. I'm going to read that to you verbatim. It says, To inspire people to want to think. I believe that knowledge with application ultimately leads to frustration. Believe that the knowledge with application. Did I say that right? I guess welcome to the show, Todd. Did I say that correct? <laughs> yeah. I get, uh, as far as I can tell you, did I, you know the first part's the uh, the most important part. That's the that's the whole thing, man. Pe- too many people um, are educated beyond their intelligence, and they put. Um, they try to put just the education part as the uh, the most important thing. And actually, what's funny is, is in the Bible, it says, uh, get wisdom, for wisdom is the principal thing. But in all thy getting, get understanding. Because wisdom, having wisdom without understanding does you no good. You must have the understanding in order to put something into action. And, you, and would, that's, take it right back again. Faith without works is dead. So there is no such thing as faith without action, and you can't do it until you get understanding. So that's kind of where the thought process behind that mission statement comes from. Well, I appreciate you uh, letting us know that, and I apologize. If I butchered that, hopefully somebody got some comic relief out of that. But I, I think I may have wrote something down wrong or I read it wrong. Or I, I confuse myself, but I certainly understand what you're saying. And one thing I talk about frequently on this show is um, you know, ideas are, are great, but you know, kind of along the same lines, they're worthless without action. I talk about taking action all the time, and uh, I'm in a season of uh, action taking myself right now. So, excellent stuff. Well, I share. Well, a little- well, 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 just in case they, that, just in case you did butcher it up and they want to see it, they can always go to the website and check it out for themselves. They might actually buy my book while they're on there. ToddMcBroom.com. Yeah, you nice guys, little plug there. Yeah, you guys check out his site. It's uh, full of resources, and it's very, very good stuff there. So. I will uh, make sure to put that and some of his other information in the show notes. Uh, It'll be for episode 15 as well on my website as always. So, Todd, I shared just a bit about you and your past with the listeners. Uh, What else should we know about you? Uh, You know, I'm kind of a... You know, just kind of a regular guy for the biggest part of it. You know, grew up in Louisiana. Um, 17 years old, I graduated high school. I started my first business at 17. By the time I was 18, I was making six figures. Um, 22, I was married, had a child, and was bankrupt. So that was that was the first few years of my life. Now I'm 48 years old, uh, married, three kids. I've got three boys. Uh, they're 26, 25, and 23. The beautiful thing is, is they're all on their own, and they're all off of my payroll. And they've, <laughs> they've been that way for several years. So we, uh, we're we excited about that. My wife and I just recently moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. So uh, we left the, the sweltering humidity of Louisiana for the dry heat of the desert. So it's a, it's, 
it's a welcome change. Good deal. I was going to ask you which one you preferred. I much prefer the desert. Yeah, I'm with you. My, actually, my grandma lives in the Scottsdale area, and that that humidity in Louisiana, I've never been there, but I've been to Florida and Georgia and Alabama and those kind of surrounding states, and man, it's just uh, it's extreme. Yes, it is. Well, you've uh, so you t- you touched on the first bankruptcy at 22. Now, wasn't there more to that story that you kind of bounced back from that and kept going? I did. I, you know, the first time, you know, and, and I've been busted twice in business. Both times was in the construction business. So let me just tell you this: when I left the construction business in 2009, you know, and, and I wasn't the only one. 2008 or nine, that that wasn't um, the first one. I take I'll take a good bit of the blame for um, you know going out of business and going bust the first time. Not not all of it, but some of it I will. Just because I was young, I didn't know a whole lot. I, I did good and I was making a lot of money. Hey, look, man, when you're when you're eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old and you're making six figures, and this was back in nineteen eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven. Can you imagine uh, what are we talking about thirty years ago? 30 years ago, making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year and being single. I mean, look at what if you were, what if you were 18, 19 years old right now today, making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year, dude, I, you, I had some fun. I, I had a good time. I'm yeah. guessing you didn't go to bed hungry too often. <laughs> no, man. I bought my first Rolex. Uh, I bought my first Rolex. What was I? I guess I was 18 or 19 years old. I bought my first Rolex, went and paid cat. Paid cash for that deal, man. Dropped American Express back then. The 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 American Express Gold, I think, was the highest you could get. So yeah, nineteen years old, going in somewhere with American Express Gold card, pop it down, and you know, buy a Rolex. I mean, people don't do that kind of stuff. But you know, I, unless you're, I mean, you know, maybe involved in some sort of illegal, questionable activity, which I wasn't. So I had a good time, you know. But all of a sudden, when the when the home building business started taking a little nosedive back then I was caught up in it and I I wasn't smart enough to put a bunch of money back and diversify. So I learned a lesson. You know what? I learned this. It was all good. And several years later I had done different things. I had a couple of other businesses I did and sold and got back in the construction business uh, and, and had done well. And all of a sudden, man, 2008 and nine hit and the bottom fell out of it. And I was sitting there with, you know, a half a dozen houses, spec houses sitting on the market for, you know, uh, almost two years. People, you know, asked me, said, man, Todd, how in the world do you sleep at night with all those houses sitting out there for sale? I said, I sleep like a baby. I wake up every two hours crying. You know, so <laughs> and that and that look, I, look, I, I was stressed out about it until I finally realized that. Uh, you know, there wasn't any way in the world I was going to be able to pay all that money back. And then my, when my banker figured it out, all of a sudden, then he started crying. So it was a it was a bad situation for a lot of people. But once once you've lost it and built it back up one time, you know, you're not scared of you know, the biggest thing that I think that that people are really scared of. I don't really think that it's they're really scared of losing everything. I think most people are really scared of what other people are going to think of them. And I'm going to tell you something. The truth of the matter is, 
they ain't thinking about you that much to begin with. So who cares? They're not paying your bills. They're not paying your light bill. They're not, they're not doing anything anyway. They're so self-absorbed and wrapped up in their own world uh, and their own problems. And then don't ever forget that most people's lives are a facade. That most of them are in debt up to their eyeballs anyway. They're they're ninety days away from living underneath an overpass. So don't let what somebody else thinks or what you think they might think about you uh, affect anything that you do. No, I think that's great advice. Facebook's uh, probably the king of allowing people to create whatever perception of life they want to out there. You know, you can't believe everything you see. No, no, don't. Matter of fact, don't hardly believe anything on Facebook. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've, uh, you know, you definitely don't have an issue uh, continuing to push and push and push and push, even through failure. You it sounds like you use that and come out of that and continue to grow. With that in mind, what would you really say motivates you to push yourself? Help us understand what makes you tick. Uh, the scripture that says, whatever thy hand finds to do, do it with thy might. Do it. You know, so whatever you're going to do, do it, man. Uh, let me tell you, first of all, the failure. Most people's perception of failure is wrong. They see it as a negative. Failure is not negative. Why, why, why do we have to view that as something bad? We don't look. What was it? Edison said, you know, he, he didn't fail to make the light bulb 10,000 times. He just found 10,000 ways it didn't work. So failure is nothing but you just didn't get your desired results with that, with the application method that you chose. So you back up and choose another way of doing it. Failure is not bad. We have to get that paradigm changed in our mind. Because that we, we view it as a negative, and when we do, it affects our emotions in a negative way when we experience it. Instead of taking it and seeing it as a positive and say, okay, well, that didn't work out, so I, now I know that that don't work. Now I can go on to a different, better way to see if this works. So that's one thing I think that needs to change. The other thing is I, I just – I've always been motivated and inspired, I guess maybe because I came from – a family that didn't have money. And once I saw the lifestyle that I wanted and it's not, I don't, I don't care about uh, Ferraris. I don't care about Lamborghinis. I don't care about, uh, uh, you know, all this, all that kind of crap is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about lifestyle. Lifestyle is where you have a balance of time and money being able to do what you want to do where you want to do it, how you want to do it, and with who you want to do or whom you want to do it with for as long as you want to do it. The other thing is I never have been a person that bought into the concept of retirement. What the heck is retirement? That, what, what, what does that mean? What, why do I want to stop doing anything? Why would I ever want to stop being productive in life? Here's the, the, one of the laws of the universe of perpetual motion is that, that everything is moving. And at any point in time, something stops moving, it starts regressing. So in life, we're either growing or we're dying. We're either, we're like a tomato. We're either getting ripe or we're getting rotten. So I want to always stay in a growth mode. I want to stay in a moving mode. I always want to keep moving. I don't want to stand still or go backwards. Absolutely, man. That's uh, I love hearing your energy. I can feel it, and I'm getting pumped up listening to you. And after I, remind myself, <laughs> I have to remind myself that, hey, I'm talking to this guy. I can't just sit here and listen to <laughs> 
Well, it's awesome stuff, man. It's uh, it's really, really for me personally. It's really exciting talking to somebody like you. Uh, you've got you've done a lot more things than I have, and you're a bit older as well. So you've got that life experience. And it's interesting what you mentioned about retirement. I, I don't understand the concept either because, um, you know, working all your life, putting money away, and then kind of just shutting everything off and coasting. And I've seen too many people literally fall apart physically after they do that. And I've got too many hobbies to do that. When I've got, you know, complete control of my time, I've got plenty of things to do always. So uh, some people don't seem to be wired that way. Well, that whole system was set up and brought over. I think originally it was from Germany and everything. I, and that's a whole other thing I can go into another day about that system and how that works out. That that's what they want everybody into. So, but most people who are who set that up, they don't. There was an old saying. Um, man, who was it? Uh, I, I forget. I've got it even in my book where it talks about uh, that. I don't want a nation. We don't want a nation of thinkers. We want a nation of workers. Yep. Absolutely. It scares uh, big government and things like that if people start thinking too much. But you've got to have your disruptors for invention and for other things. So, Well, the problem we've got now is that we have actually, over the last 60 years, we've created a system of non-thinkers. I love what Earl, and this is even Earl Nightingale began to see it uh, back in the in, in the 50s and 60s. He said that, that uh, 2% of the people think... Three percent of the people think they think, and ninety-five percent of the people would rather die than think. So most people actually don't think. Most people confuse uh, random uh, mental activity with thinking. Thinking is actually a verb. It's actually something you do on purpose. The thoughts of the images that pop into your mind on a, a random basis is not thinking. Thinking is something that you sit down and you purposely do. I would agree with you. It's amazing when you ask somebody, and this this maybe this doesn't happen to you, but I'll ask people what they think about things sometimes, and they just give me a blank stare, and they it's like as if they have no idea what I'm what I'm asking. So yeah, look at you like a calf looking at a new gate. <laughs> All right, if you think about the greatest challenge that you've ever faced in your working life. Tell us what that is and how you were able to overcome that. The greatest challenge ever in my working life. Uh, I, you know, wow, there's been several. I mean, at first, the, the easy, the low-hanging fruit on that is when I owed um, – several million dollars in, you know, and I was in the construction business and I had no income coming in and had to still live and survive. And I still had to buy groceries. You know, you just, and to be honest with you, I'd I'd ask about that sometimes, um, that, and maybe here's the better part, a better way to answer it. It's not how I overcame it financially, but how did I overcome it mentally? Yes. And all I can say is, is because of faith, my belief, because of what I believe, I, I, I always knew that God would provide a way. 
That I believe that I, I I didn't I just knew it I believed it it was part of who I was and so the whole time I went through what kept me from breaking down and losing it mentally was that every day I would get up and move and say you know what I not only do I not know how it's going to work but I don't even question or have a desire to know how God is going to do it see here's a here's a scripture. And I want you to understand something. Now, I use a lot of scripture, I, but I'm not a preacher and I'm not trying to preach to you and I don't try to convert nobody and I don't do anything. But I studied the Bible for five and a half years. I studied the Greek and Hebrew. And I mean, I really got in and dug in and, and did some studying. So here's the thing. This is why I use that. Now, during this time when I was going through extreme financial difficulties that most people would have just crumbled. I remembered that the scripture says that God provides a peace that passes understanding. Now, a lot of people know that scripture. They've heard that before. They've even said it before, and they use it. You know, you hear people at a funeral or, you know, in a thing, well, you know, just pray in the Lord to give you peace to pass understanding. They don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> what, the, what that scripture really means is, is that you will, God, God provide, when you are working in harmony with his laws, and when you are, when your spirit is right with God, when you, that what they call, uh, that is righteousness in right standing, where you have full conscious and awareness of righteousness, of your right standing, of who you are and how you were created, you will receive a peace in your spirit that takes away the desire to even need to know how something is going to happen because you're fully assured that it will happen. That is when you can move in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. My faith of knowing that it was going to happen and the fact that I didn't have to question how or when allowed me to continue to move forward. Now, the law of cause and effect says that for every action in the universe, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So my movement forward in faith set up the law of attraction that created circumstances, situations, events, and brought people into my life that I acted on that eventually took me from losing everything to rebuilding it back again. Everything you just said reminded me of a Les Brown quote, and that quote is, how is none of your business? Exactly right. And that's, that's... Too many people worry about how. Yep. Good stuff, man. Well, what golden nuggets would you like our listeners to take away from your story? Uh, you can, you can, that's that, anybody can. The thing is, is belief is a choice. We get, see, we get, we have free will. Now that's another thing people are confused about is on free will. When, if you look at every creature on the earth, we are the only creature that has a choice not to operate just by instinct alone. You look at animals, you look at a deer, you look at uh, 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 dogs, you look at any other animal on the, on the face of the earth, they operate out of instinct. Well, we have instinct also, 
But we also have free will, meaning that we get to choose whether or not we act on anything that happens. Now, see, if you if you take um, if there's a fire in the woods, as soon as the deer comes up and there's fire, the deer's natural instinct is to run, right? Yep. Yeah. If I'm in the woods and I walk up and there's fire, my instinct will tell me that's dangerous. But I have the free will to choose whether or not I want to continue or whether I want to turn around and run or whether I want to walk or crawl. I get to make the choice. And I will make that choice based upon my beliefs and my paradigms. Whoops. So here's the thing. We need to understand that how we believe is dictating the decisions that we make. Now, this is one of the things that I teach all the time. Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits, and our habits dictate our destiny. Everything starts and stems with how we believe. So here's what I'll tell you. The best nugget that you can get, period. If you don't like the results that you are currently seeing in your life, then you need to change the way that you think or question the way that you think about everything in life. Because how you think and believe about everything in life has led you to make the decisions that have produced the results that you have in your life. So my favorite saying that I use is, if you'll fix the root, you'll change the fruit. No, that's great. That's very... Very good stuff, and it's uh, what you're saying is speaking directly to me right now, as I'm sure numerous listeners also, man. Very powerful stuff. I love it, though. There's so many people that you will look at somebody else and say, man, why him? Why her? Why, why not me? And they just don't get it that you know success is a choice. I believe that, and um, I think that you, you've got to – you have the power to take action. You know, I think God gives us all unique talents and gifts, but – God's not going to take action for us. We've got to put in effort and, you know, put the feet to the pavement, so to speak, and get things done. So very well said. What is, what's the old saying? God can't steer a parked car. There you go. Well, think about your greatest success now that you've experienced in your working life and walk us through those steps you took to reach that milestone. My greatest success has yet to be fulfilled. I love it. That tells the, me you're uh, keep pushing. Uh, yeah, the uh, my my vision for traveling the world, changing and lives, making an impact in people's lives uh, by taking the wisdom and understanding and the talents and gifts that God has given me to be able to teach people and inspire them and to create in them a to want to think that will remove burdens and destroy yokes in people's lives. I believe Galatians 6, 2 says, carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. My deal is, is to go out and to take what has been revealed to me and reveal it to other people so that it can make a difference in their life just like it did mine. See, the Bible says in all things we are more than a conqueror. Well, here's what that means. If you go out and you defeat something... You are a conqueror. You have conquered that thing. 
But if you go out and you conquer it and you teach 10 other people how to overcome and conquer something also, now you are more than a conqueror. And that's what I'm doing is as I'm doing that, I want to be more than a conqueror by going out and teaching and sharing with everybody as many people as I can how to overcome everything in life. Because we're all basically fighting the same struggles. We are, it, this, the, the exact situations may be different, but, but when you get down to it, we're all fighting the same fears, the same self-image issues. We all go through the same things. We're, 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 we're created the same way. So we deal with the same problems. Jesus dealt with them. His disciples dealt with them. Everybody deals with the same thing. That's why I love it when he says, go therefore into all the nation and make disciples, make disciplined people. So that's what I'm doing is I'm going around and I'm taking the message that I have and I'm, I'm inspiring people and teaching them and giving them understanding so that they can go and have application. And when they have application, they can get results. Now, my motivation behind all of this is, is to start a nonprofit organization that what I will do is we will find families who's, who, who suffer this, with pediatric cancer, that, that their kids have cancer. And then what we will do is we will find these families and through an anonymous method, we'll take an attorney and we'll, we'll contact the family and we'll find and say, you know what, who's your house note with? Who's your car notes with? What we're going to do for the next three to six months while you're sitting here in the hospital room with your child, we're going to pay your house note and we're going to pay your car note and you're not going to have to worry about these things. Well, who's doing it? Don't worry about who is doing it. Just know that it's getting done because nobody will ever know who we are or who the people are that donate. We don't want any recognition. We don't want any accolades. We don't want anything other than to go out and serve. That's the motivation behind everything that I do. Who is none of your business? Who is none of your business? Doesn't God, the God's given it to you. That's who's coming from. Man, that's powerful. It's very, very good, man. So as always, there's probably people listening to this that are, I guarantee they're inspired and they're fired up right now, but they may be asking themselves, how do I experience my own breakthrough? What would you tell those people? Well, the first thing you have to do, you know, it's, <laughs> and maybe this is a bad example, but you know, I, I guess it's uh, maybe uh, uh, AA or somebody that says, you know, the first thing you have to do is admit that you have a problem. Uh, you know, that that's the first thing is, is you got to embrace the paradigms. You got to you have to go in and really question what are my thought patterns and what are my paradigms that have got me to where I am right now? Because if you don't, if you can't get real. And if you can't embrace those, then you're not going to change them. Here's one, another one of my sayings that I say, you cannot conquer that which you will not confront. So you have to be able to, to recognize and deal with the thought patterns and processes that you have that have led to the decision-making processes that made you take action that produced the results in your life. So you got to fix that. You got to find out what it is and you got to learn how to get rid of it and reprogram it. That's what I do. That's what I teach people. I'll deal with my coaching clients and I sit down with them and I take them through that that process of, of dealing with those old paradigms, getting rid of them and reprogramming them. So you're saying if somebody has a fear of the water, the only way they're ever going to get over that fear is to get in the pool. 
Well, the first thing they're going to have to do is before they, because they ain't just getting a the pool, they're going to have to change the way they think about it first. See, we only cut, we come into the world with two fears the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear is learned. So you better find out why you have that fear. Because, see, just to throw a man, just to, if a man's scared of water, just to throw him into the pool doesn't get rid of the fear. Okay. See, a, a man convinced against his will is a man still unconvinced. So what you have to do is you got to find out why are you afraid of that water? Where did that come from? Go find out how that got programmed. Change the programming first. Reprogram it. And when you change the program, you don't have to put the man in the pool. The man will get in the pool on his own because the fear is gone. Gotcha. Peeling back the onion. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. I love it. This, I love the, the name of this podcast. Uh, I mean, because what you are, you are the epitome of this podcast, intentionally inspirational. I mean, that's how you roll. <laughs> that is stuff. how I roll. <laughs> well, this next question I've got for you, you touched on it a little bit. Uh, so it's what's your number one professional goal that you're currently working on? So you told us about the nonprofit. So the second part of this question is how do you plan on getting there? So kind of tell us about that a little bit. Don't matter how. How is none of our business? <laughs> so, so next question. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Todd, uh, this is a good one for you. Uh, what inspires you about other people? The seed that is planted within them. With, with every single one of us are, are, are endowed with seeds of greatness. But the thing is, is I, I got to get to you and show it to you. Once you see that you've got it, everything else is unlimited past that point. Gotcha. Every person has it. They just been beat down and they don't know they do. You know, I, I was uh, talking on a podcast. I, I couldn't even tell you how many episodes ago, but I was talking about a baby. And I was saying, you know, when a baby decides it wants to walk, it doesn't know failure it, it stands up and holds on to the side of the couch and it walks and falls and continues to do so till it succeeds but as we all get older it's like the world tells us so many things we can't do or why we can't do things it's just really amazing to think that um you know most of us end up that way but what you're doing is you're kind of taking people back to that that earlier mindset that we're all born with and saying hey you can do other things with your life or you yeah. can make a change so not only can you you were created to do it the fact that you're not doing it is why you're out of balance, which is why you're not happy. You have a program placed within you. Unhappiness comes from when what you are experiencing physically does not match up with what your spirit believes internally. Oh, so God, God has already placed within you this program of what you are capable of doing, what you were created to do, and it operates at a spiritual level in the subconscious. So what happens is, is as you grow up and as you start doing things, when you are not experiencing what your spirit knows as truth, from the conscious mind, it creates confusion and unhappiness because you, you don't even know why. You just you, How many times have you said or have you heard somebody say, man, there's got to be more to it than this. 
And the reason is, is they haven't figured it out. They're on the conscious level. They can't figure out. They know that there's something else in there, but they don't know how to tap into it. You got to learn how to go back and tap into that spiritual calling that you have in your to see what that is. But if you're confused about who you are and how you were made and what you were created for, you'll never be able to figure it out. It's why it takes a, it takes somebody like me to be able to work with somebody to be able to bring it out. Do you find that most people can't figure that out on their own? Yes, and the only reason is is because they're not taught or trained that. What they're taught is is how to memorize stuff for tests. Uh, they're not no, nobody is t- it's very clear. It's out there. The information is out there. It's not it's not hidden. It's just the people who have created this system have removed it because they don't want people to know that they have unlimited power and abilities available to them. Oh, that's powerful. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well, let's talk for a second about fear. So fear is an, 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 ugh, fear is an inevitable, sorry about that, part of our lives. How do you personally overcome your fears? I, I believe in what, what, where the scripture talks about, where the Apostle Paul says that, uh, he t- I love this, I use it all the time. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the nature of God. He said, you know, and therefore bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. Now, here's the thing. Fear, and Zig Ziglar used to say this is an acronym for false evidence appearing real. So fear is just something, it's a random thought that comes in. It's not even real. Like I said, we were born with two fears, everything, and those are instinctual fears. Fear of falling and a fear of loud noises. Okay, so everything else is learned. Now, here's what happens is as these thoughts, because fear fear is nothing but a thought, and, and, and the reason it seems real is because we think in images, Everything that we think comes to us in an image in our mind. So when we when we picture, when we think of something that we're afraid of, we picture something that makes us fearful. And then so what happens is that stirs the emotions and that increases the level of vibration. And that, and that pushes us into an action. Uh, that's why it's either fight or flight. Everything happens that moves us into an action. Emotions get stirred, increases our level of vibration. Vibration pushes the body into action. Action draws a reaction from the universe. Okay? So here's what happens is when when that picture when that thought when, when that image first comes into your mind of something that you call fear you have a choice right there paul says cast down those images imaginations that's what the word literally means images throw away to think about casting a rod and reel that's where you take you take the rod and reel in your hand and you cast it and you try to throw it as far as you can so that's what he says to do with those images that pop into your mind and then he says therefore you take every thought into captivity you take captive of the thought and bring it into obedience of to what you want and what your calling is, and if it matches up to what your desires are. Jesus told his disciples, he said, how do you give life to a thought? He said, you take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall we drink? He says, for even the Gentiles seek after these things. He says, but I tell you, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of this stuff will be given to you. 
Now, what was that? What do we eat? What do we drink? What? That's things that you worry about. What is fear? Something you worry about. You have a choice. You give life to thoughts by saying. And people say, oh, I'm, I'm afraid of heights. Oh, I'm afraid of this. What are they doing? They're, they're, they're giving life to it. They're creating that situation. They're, they're bringing it into their own. I told you about the story of Job when Job said had lost everything. And what did he say? He said, those things that I have feared the most have finally come upon me. So what, what you have to do now is you have to train yourself that when those images pop into your conscious mind, that you grab them, bring them into captivity, and then you cast them away. And you do that by saying the opposite of it. You say what you want, not what you don't want. That's a step of faith. You say, well, well that's kind of lying. No, that's faith. See, it already appears in the unseen. So what you're doing is if you believe that it's in the unseen, as soon as you start getting an agreement with it, it will make its way from the unseen into the seen through faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. It operates with negative vibration. It has the same results. I would say that is certainly the most thorough and impactful definition I've heard uh, or explanation about overcoming fear. Thank you for that. Very, very good stuff. Oh, you're welcome. Well, if you think about all the people you've spoken to throughout your life and even currently, perhaps, uh, what would you say the most impactful words of wisdom are that you've ever heard? Thoughts are things. Meaning your thoughts become reality? Your thoughts are, they don't become they are. Okay. Because they're all, it's already there in the unseen. The thought is the first process of it. It's the first step of the chain of events. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And I could, there's a whole teaching that I do on that. I, love, I have a teaching I love to talk about where everything that you see, hear, smell, taste, or touch right now in the physical realm is not present. It's all in the past. Everything that is everything that is real that is really truthfully in present tense is in the unseen. Everything that we see in the physical realm is already in the past. And by the time you hear my words, it's already in the past. It's it's already in the past. Well, the sense. thoughts the thoughts that I have of what I'm going to say precede the action of what you hear. So what's more real, the thoughts or the words? The thoughts. There you go. Because without the thoughts, what happens? You don't get the words. Yeah, so thoughts are things. So it doesn't matter if it's words. It doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, doing whatever you want to do for a living. It doesn't matter if it's fear. It doesn't matter what it is. Thoughts are things. Every Nothing that was is made on this earth is made without it first becoming a thought. Everything in life it appears twice. Once as a thought and second as a material item. No, that's man, that makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm finding myself frequently as a a student of McBroom University instead of uh, <laughs> hosting the show. So, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to guess what you're going to say to this next one, but let's see. Share with us the title of a book that you'd recommend to our listeners. God was self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> that book's near and dear to your heart, isn't it? It is, and I'm actually I'm working on a second book right now called No More Sissies from Wimps to Warriors. And when do you anticipate that coming out? Uh, next year. Okay. Now, the first book you recommended, is that currently available on Audible? Yeah. Do you know? No. No, it is not on audio. Okay. But it's on your, your website? 
It's on my website, and it's on Amazon and wherever else. I suggest going to my website because I'll, I'll send you a signed copy, and I don't have to give Amazon any money. I don't care about Amazon's status of whatever they want to put me at. <clears throat> uh, I'd rather have the money. So okay. they, ta- they, take, they take a chunk, and the publisher takes a chunk, and all of them take part of the money. Um, but if you buy it straight from my website, I don't have to split the money with anybody. Yeah, it's always kind of gross having other people's hands in your cookie jar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want them having none of my cookies. <laughs> so if our listeners want to reach out to you, tell us all the ways that they can do so. Uh, like I say, go to my website. Uh, they can also email me at Todd McBroom. Well, no, Todd at ToddMcBroom.com. Okay, and the website again was uh, Todd McBroom. Todd McBroom.com. Okay, and what I'll do, like I said earlier, I'll put all this in the show notes. So if they go to my website, intentionallyinspirational.com, I've moved the show notes from the main page to its own little tab, but just click on episode 15 and you will have what I promised there. So, well, Todd, I really, really, really appreciate your time today. Uh, this was incredible. Uh, like I said, I found myself being kind of a student more than a host but that's uh it's humbling and i'm very glad we spoke oh that was a blast man of course you can tell it doesn't take a whole lot to get me excited i mean all you gotta do is uh get my mouth to open and uh, i start getting fired up told you it was a good one what you guys think about that i love talking to guys and gals that barely even have to be provoked and they just start getting fired up you can feel that energy coming through when he talks and it's just authentic and it's full of passion and full of wisdom and you can tell that he talks from experience and as you noticed with me i was uh, like i said before just kind of a student kind of an awe um to what he had to say and I love those opportunities when I get to talk to guys and gals that have done more than me, have been through things that I haven't been through yet, and uh, have you know reached levels of success I haven't reached yet. So I certainly pay attention, and apparently becoming a become a stammering fool. So <laughs> hope you guys got some enjoyment with that. Um, later this week we've got another great show. We've got John Barrett coming to you uh, with me in a live setting. So it's the first time that I've actually gone face-to-face with my guest, that should be interesting. So you guys will have to tune in and check it out. Thanks for spending time with us, and uh, we'll talk to you here soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our show. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Stitcher. In order to get all of the information and resources from this podcast, visit intentionallyinspirational.com and check out the must-read show notes for this episode. See you next time.